You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk. Uh, Don't mention what I just here's said. Here's the... Um, the movie news hot off the press. Um, Universal have just turned down Paul Thomas Anderson's new script to make it into a movie. So now he's in limbo with Question his, uh, number one. Who's Paul Thomas Anderson? He's uh, the best filmmaker ever. <laughs> um, Give us some examples in case people out there haven't heard He uh, made There Will Be Blood, plus one of the best films ever. He made Magnolia, the best film ever. He made Boogie Nights... <laughs> The second to third best movie ever. He made Punch Drunk Love, the best movie ever. Was the two best movie ever. You're in love with this guy. The guy's a freaking genius. Anyway, he's making a new movie. Oh, he's wrote a new script. The script is uh, called The Master, and it's about Scientology. It's going to star Philip Seymour Hoffman, which is awesome. He's buddy. Yeah. um, But... Universal have turned down... This was just tonight, actually. Turned down the... Uh, they, they're saying he wants not too much money to make it, but too much... They want $35 million budget to film the movie. And I'm, I'm assuming it's a smallish kind of movie. And that's too much for them. Mm. I mean, it's not like a big blockbuster like... Uh, but maybe the, he's a dickhead or an asshole. And they just don't like him. I know that you don't like to think these things, but it's very possible. I... Sometimes the best art, and movies can be art, come from people who are difficult at Th- best. $35 million might just be a lot for a small movie, I guess. Because mm. it is <laughs> apparently a small script. We talk about $35 million like we just have it in our pocket. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, and it's a lot of money for a smallish movie. I mean, this is this is more like a Punch Drunk Love kind of movie mm. than a... Than a there will be blood kind of movie. So, so there's uh, this week's movie news. Maybe a big part of that thirty five million is for security guards and uh, bodyguards because once you start digging into the Scientology, I've heard people don't take it; they take it very seriously. So, uh, you know? do we? Do you need a bodyguard for uh, talking about it? There, no, <laughs> I'm not afraid. Anyway, uh, that's movie news for this week. I'm not afraid of those crazy. Is that fuckers, a new thing? Movie, crazy fuckers. Movie news at the beginning of the show. It's your show. Anyway, is it? It's our show. Is it a is that a new thing? No. <laughs> oh, who are we? Sid talking Ace Scully. All right, so We're it's married. Sunday, March the twenty eighth, twenty ten. This is after the show number one hundred and fifteen. Dun dun dun. And the movie we're looking at this week is The Blind Side. Uh, we're looking at the Blu-ray version, not the DVD this time. The Blu-ray. Um, it's a two thousand and nine movie, two thousand and ten release. It was released on Tuesday, the twenty third of March. So. This week just gone, I guess. This Tuesday. Um, perfectly timed for just after she wins the Oscar. Uh, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And you're going to tell us what it's all about. First thing I want to say is I was not looking forward to seeing it. Not because I didn't think it would be good. But because I feel a little oversaturated. And that I've seen every trailer probably. And of course we watched the Academy Awards and heard people talk about it. And I felt like, okay, I get it. You know, a woman... And here comes the summary. A woman, uh, a well-to-do, wealthy woman in the South, sees a young man who needs help. He's an African-American from the inner city, etc., etc. She helps him. And it's based on the true story of an actual football player guy who just last year 
according to the extras, was drafted into the NFL, had been a college football person, uh, player, star, whatever. And so I felt like, okay, okay, it's going to have some sap, and it's going to have some messages, and it's going to have a little bit of this and that. And what I found was I really liked it. I mean, I know we're not getting to the movie liking part, but this is part of the summary that I thought I knew it. Yeah, I, and ultimately you do. I actually, mean, it's, that it's trailer a, that we saw last week on the where the wild things are, there was a trailer for yeah. it before. That trailer's <laughs> it's one of those trailers where you do feel I yes. just saw the whole movie, but you really did not. You didn't actually. because, as with any story, there are cracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, there's some deeper things going on. I don't even know if everyone who made it intended it to be that way, but you know, questions of. <clears throat> When you're doing nice things in the world for someone or somebody because you have more than they do, are you really ever doing it for them? I think not. I think you're always doing it for yourself. Because ultimately... That's the tale of... Ultimately, if we were always doing things for other people, it would be so anonymous, no one would ever know you did it. But we all make a point, even if we're trying to pretend to be humble and like martyr like oh no 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine i'll do this for you oh no 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 it's no problem it's no problem or you know handing that five dollars over to your favorite charity in person and making sure your name is on the list that's not charity that's making you feel good about yourself and i think in my mind that's what a lot of this movie uh told me that and i already thought this that you do good things in life if it comes across your path, and if you're motivated to do so. And ultimately, it's for yourself to make you feel good, or whatever your religion tells you about getting into heaven, or getting into wherever you're going to go. That that is about you. It's totally selfish. But if that good thing also helps somebody else, that's fine. Yeah. You know, don't take away the opportunity to do something nice just because it's actually kind of self you know, self-motivated. That's my lesson I got from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wanted to be a Christian. Uh, no, no, I did not. All right. So, um, the movie... Oh, is this an ad for Christianity? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> so the movie, um, for me, I expected it to be like, and it is, in a way, a sappy kind of true story. I mean, yeah, it's got sappiness it's got lessons. Yeah, it's a I Hollywood expect- telling of it. It is a Hollywood telling. You feel like you've seen this kind of thing before. But what I thought was different about this movie from others that I'd seen is the um, actors that they used um, were all really high quality. Like everybody. Everybody, yes. And some faces you don't know and some faces you do know. We'll oh, to the oh, cast okay. later. I mean, okay. Tim, Tim McGraw wasn't Okay, great. no, let me take that back. The acting is very high quality by the actors. Anybody who is like a football coach who's been... Or a country music star. It, I thought he was actually all right. He wasn't the best, but I thought he was all right. He was all right. There were a few moments when it was very TV movie-ish, where yeah. he's looking straight... Hallmark um, yeah. movie of the week. But it was serviceable. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, there's, the, there's a bunch of uh, real-life football coaches in the movie playing themselves... And those are bad actors, but they're again, they're not actors. Yeah, they uh, acknowledge it. They yeah. know. I mean, they're just they, there to they're have just a good time. They're just hamming it up on And them. I liked that they did that. I liked that they but put real dudes in there. For me, the difference with this movie was the um, actors were really good. Um, now, it's another movie like Precious, which was another movie up for an Oscar, where, you know, 
it kind of shows... See, this is one thing that kind of... Do you feel like it shows... Well, I know it shows kind of white people to be a bit stupid. and that. But then it always portrays black people in a certain way. And I'm, I'm not sure... I know that that's probably how it is. But Precious and this kind of portray black people as assholes. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the, where he comes from. Right. And it portrays white in people as way. these sort of, like, elite... Uppity um, kind of... We can, we can, things. whenever we choose, we can just swoop down and save everybody. And I know this movie problem. does make a point of showing that some of these white people are actually, like, racist and, mm-hmm. um, you know, very stuck in their own... Like a, like a little dinner club that she goes mm-hmm. to with the women who are very judgmental and everything. So it does show white people in a certain... But more so it shows black people, apart from this dude who's a good dude at heart, but it shows, like, where he comes from to be kind of... That was the I only problem. The same, it's exactly the same thing. It shows that redneck father cheering for his football it son does. who's a da- jackass, and they say, rednecks, you know, have you seen too many rednecks before? And the kid says, yeah, NASCAR. So that's a stereotype mm-hmm. that we attach to a certain socioeconomic level or a certain geographical group of white people that they're just idiot, racist, jerks. And I know that to be partially true. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, Now, I know that to be true. I've partially. been around it. I was raised around a lot of people like that who even in my generation, you would think it kind of fades away. But no, people don't get out of it. So you know that's true. So then one movie comes across and shows like a... It's like, an, uh, it's like the bad side of town, basically. And it's just populated with... African Americans, you don't even see anybody else. There's no Latinos uh-uh. or there's a African Americans who are all dicks. Yeah, like a, like like, like can't even string. Although two... that's not necessarily true because he, there's the dude who you know you they, the camera focuses on him like he doesn't want to be there, but he's not in this guy the main guy's position to break out of it, yeah. and he's got that sad look on his face and. Like, he knows where he's at. But the mother... But then the the thing is, if we're even talking about that, that makes... Does that make us elite? Like, these inner-city, lower-income, drug... I mean, I know that's where this real guy came from, that kind of environment. And I know those kind of environments exist. It's just the way they portrayed in movies. Precious felt more real to me than this. This felt... It's almost like there's no balance. This blindside actually felt like what Hollywood thinks one of those places is like. Very, yes. It's very compartmentalized and, you know, this is how it is. And uh, another movie that kind of did that was uh, Gran Torino, which Mm. that came across a bit, like, here's a Hollywood version of a hood kind of place. It wasn't altogether convincing for me, even though I liked Gran Torino. But this, but Precious does it better. Precious, I buy that it's a real kind of, I, you know why I think because in Precious you do get the balance you get the mix just like in life in her life you know there's the horrible mother she's obviously been sexually abused by a horrible man and the reason we don't think oh those are African Americans being assholes is because in her world there's every kind of person who's yeah, every kind of color and every kind of um like type of person she's got the teacher who's you know teaching her and she's like a really nice woman who wants to help these young women and in her class even she's got latino and african-american girls some of them are mouthy and some are bitchy and some it's a you get the whole yeah it's a mix just like it feels real more like real life yeah yeah. but in like this this one 
It's it, like everybody he ca- he came from. It shows them as you know. It's like oh, and, and this is really horrible. This is not what I think, but it's the impression you get. Oh, it's a good thing he got away from quote unquote those people. That, and when that, you that's, think that, that's what they're trying to. Yeah, you're supposed to think the gang people, but the only people that are represented are. And yeah, I, I know what you mean. So there is that for me. Like they're trying to show the two worlds so completely different. Yes. And it does show the white people mostly as assholes. It, it does, but like... It's still okay because they're being charitable yeah, and kind Christian. Of, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, so there are shades up. of that in this movie that I kind of roll my eyes at a few times. Whereas like, you know, I'm, re- I'm really... I, I dig this story, but it's, it's quite heavy-handed in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. like there's parts of it where you're just like... On the other hand, though, when you're in... We're in the, the sort of... In his old environment... I felt like it was also um, slightly romanticized. It wasn't as gritty and as horrible no, it as wasn't, some actually. people's it wasn't lives horrible, really no. are. Even, mean, even when he visited the uh, apartment yeah, of yeah. them, it wasn't quite as horrible as I thought it would it be. It seemed like, kind of cranked up on Hollywood. supposed to be like a crack den kind of place. Cranked up on Hollywood crack, yeah. that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, there were elements of where me as a viewer... It, let me just say this, it's not a gritty movie in any way. No. Even the parts that are supposed to be gritty, they feel like movie of the week hallmark. Yes, you don't feel threatened. That's, no. You feel like it's someone's compilation of the people you're supposed to be I actually of. never felt threatened when, even when Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. when they went to the hood and he said, keep your door closed, I never felt like he, they were in a really dangerous part of the hood. It looked mm-hmm. like an ordinary street, like with some dudes sat around. Like, yeah. Never... Some kind of asshole dudes, but they, I don't know. Yeah, so that was one problem I had. You're just um, supposed to understand, these guys are bad. Yeah. And they dress in leather, and they wear things on their head, and yeah. they got gold teeth. And they talk and, in a certain way, and he yeah. comes from that, and that's a bad thing. He try, He's tried to get away from it, and now he's being, what, mothered by white people. He has, like, ushered into a different... <laughs> yeah, there's wrong. only two ways. <laughs> that's why it seems too extreme, because there's only two options here. Yeah. And in other movies that you mentioned, there's a mix. There's all different types of people. And now the options of the Tui's, she's called Tui, right? Mm-hmm. Tui. They live in like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mansion. Yeah. I mean, I said to you, I was like, oh, it's really... When she was coming down the stairs in a house, she came down the stairs one time and I was thinking, that's a really nice house. I've not seen the outside properly. And then there was another scene where she was going down the driveway and you could see the house and I was like freaking hell that house is insane like so this woman's like a not rich yeah a very rich well you know it's explained in the movie but yeah. but it is like Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel-Air it's like from the hood to not too like suburbia to Middle like class, yeah. rich the Hamptons and is that the place. only thing to aspire to is that the only kind of like you know, there's no hope unless someone comes along with a big chunk of money and a little bit of heart. And as I said before, some motivation either for their own self uh, to make themselves feel good or motivation to help somebody out in life. There's no middle ground. No. That's why it seems a bit... It's Because it is. It's one extreme, the other extreme. Very, very poor and like no hope to like every single chance in life you could possibly have unlimited money. And become a my question is that 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 isn't necessarily is best, but no, no, exactly issue. like there. And you know, this kid, as far as this movie tells it, isn't particularly interested in being a sports star either. 
Mm-mm. It's not like it's his dream. Everything's inside. People say to him, you'd probably be good at... Or look at him, the way he physically looks, and say, he'd probably be good at football. Kind of coax him into football and then tell him, like, that's what he should be doing. And then he ends up doing it. Like, did he really want to do it? Because the movie doesn't... She asks him and he yeah. just says... But, you know, in real I'm life... I'm good at it. Yeah, I'm good at it. Doesn't mean I want to do it, though, does it? It's a pretty good lesson right there, too. If you're just good at something in life, and you're not in love with it, but you're good at enough at it to... To make a living from yeah. it, or whatever. Do you do it, like... Yeah, so... I'll be signing up for the local prostitution union later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the, that's the problem I had with it, but then... I knew kind of what I was going to get when I was going into this movie, because I'd seen the trailer. I saw how it was. And that's I wasn't much... looking forward to it. And then... No, the I wasn't particularly, because minutes... I don't really... These inspiring stories like that... I actually... During this movie, <clears throat> the way it was made, I actually felt really sad a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, actually... Like, you know when I said to you, like, there's a guy in the movie who looks like the weight of the world is on his eyebrows. I felt, like, oppressed by it. Like, for the first... Do you know when you, when they first introduce you to the character? The, is he Michael? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, when he first walks into the schoolroom and they say, she, the teacher says, there's your seat, and he sits down. And he just feels outcast, you know, like, I'm not even supposed to be here. And it's like, and then it shows you him walking home on his own with his... To- like, like, precious, you think. All like, that just, like, down. People have lived like, an ab- a really hard, wretched like, yeah. childhood. And the contrast being where this woman has... Read these school books to her children. They have every opportunity. Any, uh, they've none. got game boxes, as she calls them, play boxes, and they've got a big mansion. And he—not that that's the thing you're supposed to have as a child, but he never has had anything. Not even a bed. He doesn't know his siblings. He doesn't know his father. He doesn't know his mother. He's never, you know. And that—it's <sighs> pretty oppressive at the beginning because I did—I felt sad all the time, like, I, and I kept thinking. And there are real people who really live that way. Oh yeah, and then I kept thinking. Is that why you felt it was sad? Like sometimes, if a person's really in that situation, well, I had, it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. I had a pretty uh, shitty childhood. Mm-hmm. Not to go into detail, but I did, and I, I related to how we felt. Like you know, like like I'm not. I got nothing. No foundation. I, I don't feel like I belong here. Why are these people doing this? What What's the? Um, oh, you're gonna make me cry. What's the? Uh, Motivation behind these people, why... You know, that kind of thing. Or, like, I had to go into a school after a school had started. Like, the school had already been... I was a second year going into a school, if you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So all the kids in my class had already been there for one year, so I knew it felt really weird. Like, walking into a class and sit down and everybody's looking at you, they all know each other, and you're... You know, that all... So I all kind of, you know, got to me. Not that I was in his situation. No, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it felt really... And it takes quite a while until you... You know, because it's an uplifting movie at heart. But I think the uplifting part takes a long time. I'm, I'm thinking, like, more more than two-thirds into the movie before you actually feel like he's going to be all right, kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I'm not um, spoiling things because people probably know... <laughs> yeah, this, like... this guy's an NFL player, right? So Yeah, I think the cover pretty much tells you that... Yeah, but um, it does take a while to understand that this kid's going to have a good... You know, and then there are some things thrown in there that I actually didn't expect at all, like the investigation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that part, no, so no. that part was like, oh wow, yeah. And then when you think about that part, it could look funny to people of from course. the outside. So yeah, of course. 
and then I, then I, then I was thinking people looking from the outside they're all everybody's judgmental people think some people are doing stuff all the yeah. time like trying to you know nobody can be good for the sake of being you know it, so that's an interesting thing as well how the world looks at people that's a very good example and I run into that at work all often when I yeah when you say or do something and someone actually thinks the worst of what your motivation is yeah, well yeah and, you're, and I just why would like, you do something for the good yeah yeah why? Like, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and this woman is extremely, you know. You think. I mean, you don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You don't know. But the way Sandra Bullock is portraying. Well, she she's... even questions herself, you know. And I think that's what I was saying. Like, the heart of it to me is. Are you really doing something for someone else? Are you trying to make up for something? One of the things is, it's alluded to, and then we find out in the extras that the woman in real life, her fa- her family was extremely racist, right? So I was raised around a mixture. Like, my mother is totally not at all. And then my father and the redneck whole of it. Even people now still where I'm from. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, I believe it, but it's crazy. And... I think you start thinking of yourself. It's poured into your brain. The horrible things people say, we all know what I'm talking about. Of any group. It could be mm. about anybody, right? I mean, if you're from England and people hate whoever people hate in England, they're going to, you know what I mean? It pour, it's poured into your mind. And as your nature is, in my personality, I don't agree with this. I don't, this doesn't feel right. I never wanted I never understood racism at all. I'd never met anyone of any color or any nationality until I went to college. But I felt it. Like, oh, it's just, it's wrong, it's wrong. But having it poured into my mind, I felt like a bad person. I felt like I needed to undo that. And so I feel like that's part of what her character is. It's in her, it's around her. It's more polite now that she's a wealthy woman. And it's Mm -hmm. a polite kind of racism that people, you know, kind of... Portray, but you know it's ugly underneath, and she's trying, in her own mind, and maybe to show other people, like I'm not that. I have to prove to myself. I actually think, but it's a very easy position to be in when you're a multimillionaire. Well, I was going to say, I actually (laughs) think the way the blind side portrays it in the movie is a bit wishy-washy because it it tries to show a bit of racism, but it never really. It never gets ugly. No, even even the redneck shouting in the stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, another movie. If this was another movie, he might say the N-word or whatever. You know, a yeah. real-life like outburst that you hear and then you'd be disturbed by. But, you know, it's very PG, P, well, whatever it is, a yeah. PG, right? It's very PG. But the truth is, at a high school football game, if that was a situation, you would hear horrible, nasty. Hear like, the, yeah. the, that's redneck. what I'm saying. So it, it doesn't feel altogether real in that way. And that was one of the things that I was kind of disappointed with. But there again, if you want a gritty film, Precious is your gritty one, right? True. I mean, these two, these are two movies who were in the Oscar running. And and Blightside gets the point across. Yeah, it does. And I think it's an extremely well-made movie. I think, like, it's structured really well. I liked... I like the direction and everything, even though it's pretty straight up. Very. Um, you know, it's Hollywoodish. Right? Yeah, it's it cranks up the sentimentality on things. You know? A lot. You, you know, add the music at the right times, make you feel a certain way. Um, but there's some good... We'll get to the cast, but the performances to me... I think that's what makes it, actually. Totally. Um, if it was with lesser people or... 
It would it would be a Hallmark movie of the week with lesser yes. people. It w- you would see it on TV, and it wouldn't. And I'm would. I'm gonna say right now I would not take that Oscar away from Miss Mrs. Bullock Miss Bullock Ms. Bullock. Well, I I actually um would add an Oscar for the guy who plays Michael. He's I think he's fantastic. Uh, no, I mean his There's performance so much was silence. Yeah, and you get everything. Yeah. The looks and the... Like that one, him just walking into that classroom, like I said, I got the whole thing. Like, I don't know... Yeah, because he didn't overly slump himself, he didn't overly... There was no self-pity. And then where all the kids left, and he just carried on sitting there and said, can I go now? It was just really good. Like, it was... I don't know, it got... I thought he was... And he's a new actor as well, so... Mm -hmm. um, So, let's move on to the cast while we're talking about actors. So, we got um, Sandra Bullock as Lee Ann Tui. Um... Quality. From, I mean, the I can't, she, you can't take it away. See, I'm not her. mega Sandra. I, I can Me never either. say I've been a Sandra Bullock fan. I've never been like, oh, there's so many good films with her in. Yeah, she's been in a lot of movies, but I've never thought about her in any like series. But this was, and when I actually saw the in the extras, the real woman as well, and how she was, it was it made more sense to me. You know, totally. Because you know, this is it's an interesting character because it's like a rich woman. Um, and it's her contemporary, and it's a live woman who's really alive and is a real person. Around her age. Yeah, who she, you know, it's not like you're playing a dead person no. where you can kind of tweak and it. And it's a rich woman, and it's a almost superficial, like a really, like, looks a certain way f- for outside appearances, so she fits in with things and goes to a little meetings. But she's unique. But she, but, like, yeah, this is exactly... She's got, like, a hard edge. This is portrayed when she's... She goes to this. She goes to this like uh, like you go out to dinner with mm-hmm. your girlfriends. She goes to this girlfriends kind of let's go and have a salad together in a posh restaurant, and there's four ladies there, all similar. Naughty. Three ladies sit all similar to her, but she is different to them. Yeah, and she points out that their salads are overpriced a couple times. She points out their racism thing. She says, "Shame on you." Shame. <laughs> when they yeah. all say. When they're all kind of saying... Alluding to the problem between having him and the daughter in the same house. And she just... And I think the subtlety... There's some moments when she's totally, like, in your face. Which I think from seeing this woman in the extras... Yeah, and from the guy talking about it. But there are moments when Sandra Bullock, I think she just totally sucked it all in. And she has... When she goes to the car... When she goes away to cry every time. No, that's really good. That's brilliant. Because she really... And her posture, oh my god. That's some good posture that woman has. Do you notice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when she gets particularly stressed or particularly kind of arrogant or cocky in her yeah. confidence or whatever, she really buckles up, you know, like, Ooh. Yes, I think it was a good performance. I didn't really expect it to be. I know she won an Oscar, Me but either. I kept I thinking this just, is just going to be something. Yeah, I thought it would just, it was really good. But yeah, then now you and we hadn't when we watched the Oscars, we hadn't obviously seen this movie, so we didn't know what she was getting it for. I'll be honest, I was gi- I wasn't giving her enough credit. No, good. I I think really and you know yes, the also the girl in Precious was good and mm-hmm. you know I really I thought Mariah Carey uh, well Monique was obviously really good. Mariah Carey I thought was good in Precious, but yeah, Sandra Bullock's was pretty good. I don't know, Monique's was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. In a different way, you know. Monique did win. Yeah, she did. No, not the Sandra Bullock won lead su- actor, like actress. And she won supporting. Supporting because she is supporting. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Tim McGraw as uh, her husband, Sean Tui. Um, like you said, he's 
I didn't know he was Tim McGraw until about halfway through when functional. Yeah, pretty me. much. Pretty much. I, I'm not overly. I wasn't overly impressed by him. I thought, thought he was okay because she's kind of. There were some good scenes together. Where the mm-hmm. one particular where she was like, where he kind of asks, "Are you really doing this?" and then she's like, "Well, yeah." And he and he doesn't can't disagree with her. I thought that was good because it's very. Yeah, and I know that this is your, this is a totally real life thing because I've lived it. I live it on occasion with you, but not to the same degree. Where a a woman who has a strong opinion, not just a strong opinion, just her her way about her, has something to say in life or a point of view, and men kind of go, oh, well, you know, just gotta let her have her way. Like, it's so fucking condescending. I do not say that. I know, you don't say it verbatim, but there's always this, there's an underlying... I always think it. There's an under... <laughs> exactly. There's this underlying <laughs> thing where it's kind of like, um, I don't even know. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what it is, but it's totally, and it seems appropriate for this culture that she lives in as well, but this sort of like, well, she's gonna get her way. Like, you still have the fucking power to hand me the privilege of actually having an opinion. Did you notice that the <laughs> real guy who he played, when you seen him in the photos, was a much older guy than... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not quite as handsome. Were you not commenting on what I was saying? Because <laughs> you know I'm right. Uh, you, you think you are. Uh, <laughs> oh my god that was exactly what I'm talking about that was, but that is that was humor. prevalent in this movie with the strong not just strong why do we even classify it as a strong woman she's just a woman right? a person who happens to be a woman and has her I guess, I guess she's a woman things. who's not a wallflower that's what, that's what it's getting at what, are, what's, what does that mean well there are women who really don't take the reins on anything. True. There are, men who don't not... either. there are men who don't either, but you don't classify them as anything. But no. when a woman is, just has her own... Like, she's decided to think for herself in life and say what she thinks and does her... Makes choices and she has things. an agenda. In a, but uh... to have someone poo-poo on you and go like, well, you know, that's I guess that's just... You're going to have to give her her way. Like, you're still granting us that Whatever. It, That's but. right, because we are men. You oh are my god. Do you want to do the rest of the show by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so then we've also got uh, Jay Head as SJ Tui, who's the little boy who I thought was really fantastic. He was very funny. He kind of creeped me out sometimes. I don't know why, but. You, it was just the, his interaction with. Yeah, he, he was pretty funny. He was like um, one of those kind of know it all kids who's just like. He was a little bit cranked up, but then again, I don't know, in real life. Cause he, he doesn't really uh, have any... Like, will ask anybody or say anything to anybody. No mm. boundaries, kind of. That's what he was like. But I really liked him. Um, and then there was Quinton Aaron as Michael... Big Mike, as they Oa. <laughs> Or Or. Yeah. Um, I, he, was, he was my really favourite after... Um, well, uh, equal to Sandra Bullock, I thought. Oh, totally. Um... And a new actor, he has been in... He was in Be Kind Rewind, apparently, but he could have been anything. It might have been an extra or something, you know. But um, he's really good. Kathy Bates makes an appearance in there as Miss Sue. She's just Kathy Bates. She's always the same, man. Almost always the Literally same. Literally the same character like, that she did in The Office. The same... I don't mean the same character. I mean, she was in The Office just recently. Same accent kind of thing. I don't know. Was that the same accent? Similar. Similar. It's just... Kathy... You know, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not as impressed these days by her. 
I mean, a while. I, she's solid, and you know you're going to get like the that that finessed like, way about like, her. Like like when you put Morgan Freeman in a movie. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? This... Don't get me started. <clears throat> Overrated. No, Morgan Freeman's actually pretty good. Uh, but what I'm saying is really what makes him good. The Shawshank Redemption. What makes him good? Him in the Shawshank Redemption. Is it the movie that makes him good, or is it him? It's his performance. It's it's brilliant. He just talks and walks around. So, I'm not saying so. He's does not anybody good. in any way? Well, we. I mean, Bruce Willis jumps from building to building. Yeah, and he's not quality actor. Come on, let's be honest. Oh, um, that's another he had his moments. Anyway, um, so yeah, Kathy Bates. If you like Kathy Bates. You'll, you'll like, like this? It, yeah. yeah, that's it. If you don't, you, you'll be neutral. Now, here's one that I really like. She's not naked. We'll, we'll give you that little spoiler. Good. So here's, um, <clears throat> here's one that I really liked, and this is Kim Dickens as Mrs. Boswell. Now, mm-hmm. this was what a lady who, every time she came on the screen, <laughs> I kept thinking, who the hell is her? I, know I know this lady. I know oh, this she's lady. so lovely. I know this lady. I've seen her before. What the hell have I seen her in? And it, I ended up figuring out that we'd seen her in Deadwood. You figured it out? Yeah, I said Deadwood and you I said, said no. I said Deadwood first and you said maybe it is and I said no. Then you said maybe it is. Right. I led you to Deadwood. So she was in Deadwood <laughs> as the prostitute lady. Yeah. Um, and she was also in something else that was pretty popular. She's in, she's in like a Lost. She was in Lost. One of the things about Blu-ray in this movie that I noticed more than anything was when she's sitting at the desk with him. And it was actually an extra. It wasn't even in the movie. And she's asking... She sit down with him to give him this test. And it's kind of like a... It's a one-shot. Her She's pretty close up. And the clarity of her eyes and her... I mean, it's like... I don't... It was the crispest it's, clear. It's got to be, one of, it's gotta be one of those things I, I mean, actually... I mean, I love... Look, I love... There's something about her. It's like... Maybe it's because I loved her character from Deadwood. But I've always loved her voice. I like the way she moves. She was in Lost. But I don't remember who, what, mm. when, but she was in, that was the other thing that she was in. Um, I've got to make a note when you, when you mentioned that. This was an actual excellent Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking to myself that Ameri- really American good. football is made for high definition. Because the, the actual, it's so, it's so, um, I've not watched an American, I've not watched a football match in high def or, on TV or anything. But I can imagine it just looks amazing because. Well, you're not really. It's because detailed, you're not like, up close like you are in a movie. You know? Yeah, right. But, but in this, know. you're right up in there. And the sound... And there's a lot of detail yeah, as well, yeah. like in, a, in, a, in the uniforms, in the whole, in the pitch, the whole thing. It we just should talk looks... about the football section. That was pretty good. Yeah, but um, just on the, the thing of the Blu-ray, I actually thought it was outstanding. It was almost like a 10 out of 10 Blu-ray for me. Mm. It was like crystal clear, like you say. Everything was... I don't know if it's because it was a super high budget, kind of Hollywoodish type of... Everything's mm. clean looking, isn't it? Even like that's what I'm saying. Even the hood didn't yeah. look as dirty as it probably should, right? Correct. Everything looked really good, and like you said, the classroom was awesome. You could like I was looking at everything yeah. in the classroom. It just all felt like and the sound was really good. Really um, good. And even though this is a movie about football, it isn't a movie about football. If you look at the cover and think I don't really like football movies, well, there's actually one scene of football, right? A de- one pretty yeah. That's it's like it, a isn't montage it? And, yeah. yeah, and and you know, in a two two hours ten minute movie, there's literally one full yeah. scene of football. So don't think that it's a football movie because it's really a people movie. Oh yes, 
It is though, because I was expecting tons of football, and I obviously I don't watch American football. I don't really understand what's going on, <laughs> even in this movie, where it's kind of spoon fed to you that they're doing all right and they're not. I don't understand. I still don't understand it when I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, he has to stop him because it's kind. Of, in this one, they kind of tell you. Yeah, you're trying to get over there, and they're trying to stop fact, you. The, That's all fact, I know. In fact, the opening of the movie when it starts is like a high res picture of an American football game and Sandra Bullock telling you over the top yeah. what this guy has to do and just in case you don't know football and even after she told me I had no idea what me he either. had to do barely <laughs> so uh, that's it but it does I was thinking high definition and football goes really well together because football's an interesting thing to look at even though I'm not a football <laughs> fan so um, last but not least oh yes last is I put down Ray McKinnon as coach Burt Cotton and he was also from Deadwood. Correct, the crazy crazy pre- preacher. And I liked him in this too. I really liked that scene where he was trying to coach. Grab them. <laughs> yeah, and then Sandra Bullock comes over and does a much better job of coaching because she understands um, Michael more than yeah. he does. I really like that scene, you know. And, and when she said to him, like, um, you, you'll thank me later. And then when she comes over and says, next to me, it's later. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like that guy. Um, and it was another one I kept looking at him thinking, I know who he is. I could have swore he was from Porky's, but maybe that's another. That's obviously another guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that's the cast. Yes, there's more people in it. There's, if you're into American football, there's a lot of real life. The daughter was good. Service, the, she's she didn't not been, have to do much, yeah, but she, she was good. Got, yeah, she was pretty good. Um, there's a lot of people, but... Yeah, but those are the main ones, I think, that stick out. The mother was pretty good. His actual mother. Uh, she was kind of broke my heart small scene yeah but yeah it was interesting but uh, yeah we won't um, we'll save Mm -hmm. that so this was directed by John Lee Hancock which is a nice name I like that name for some reason it sounds like he came straight out of Deadwood sounds like a guy who signed the Declaration of Independence to me but anyway um, he also did the Alamo which was the remake of the Alamo the one with Billy Bob Thornton did you look up to see if he died because it said it was dedicated to no, I didn't look that up. But I don't, th- I don't think he did. He's pretty young. Uh, and The Rookie with um, Dennis Quaid, which I also kind of liked. Which one was that? Baseball movie. Dennis Quaid. Remember? Um. I think it was Dennis Quaid. But no, I don't think this guy's dead. Uh, and... The Rookie. I'm trying to think. I thought The Rookie was... Is that the one that the, with the time thing? No, you know, it was just a straight up like where he was talking to him on the radio back in time or something. No, nothing like that. <laughs> Are you sure? It was just a uh, like a straight up Walt Disney. Yeah, um, he's not dead. No, the rookie was a Walt Disney like a uh, baseball story with that guy. Oh, with the diapers and the I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't. You think. didn't see it. Maybe I did. I think we might have reviewed it back in the day. <laughs> so um. The blind side on Blu-ray, like I say, it's actually, yeah, excellent Blu-ray disc. I don't know if it's because we watched Where the Wild Things on DVD last week and it was a bit ropey, <laughs> but this, I was no, like, was, oh yes, this is Blu-ray. I don't notice that stuff so much, but it was, very, this sound I thought was particularly good. Even in the stuff like um, walking through the high school hallway, or driving up in front of the school. Yeah, I her, thought so. It was just a good surround overall. Wait, and it's the kind of movie where you wouldn't think it would be impressive in any way, but it really was. Um, and it's actually got some decent features on it too. The only thing I thought it was lacking is um, an actual commentary, you know, a feature-length commentary with, you know, you could have done one with 
the director. You could have done one with Sandra Bullock. You could have done one with Sandra Bullock and the real life lady. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, that will be. She doesn't seem like she'd have the patience for that. Maybe not. <laughs> to sit down for. She'd be answering mm. her cell phone every five minutes. So these features are exclusive to Blu-ray. So if you get the DVD version, you ain't getting any of this. Number one, the Michael um, R. exclusive, which is a rare interview with the pro footballer who's the movie depicts. It's pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah, it is pretty good. It's that the, yeah the first thing we watched. Um, I like to see if it's a true story. Yes. And and there is no real scenes of the real guy or the real woman. I don't think it's you know it's like why why you want to feel like you're at least like um, unless they're dead because you know we've watched a lot of movies in our life. People who read a lot of books read a lot of biographies, probably not autobiographies and based on true stories, and you kind of like. You think you know the story because you've just watched a movie about it, but you don't, right? No. And it's like a like a delusion that you have that you really like. I've seen movies about World War Two, therefore I understand World War Two. No, but when you see the real person, even though you still only get a little glimpse, you just feel a little more connected. Like yeah. they've approved of this process clearly because they're involved, and so there must be something um, legitimate about it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a good interview, but it's not particularly long. But he does... Um, my favourite thing... I don't know if that's the... N- yeah, this is the next one. The next term one is uh, Sidelines, Conversations on the Blind Side. Now, this is uh, Sandra Bullock and Leanne Tui go one-on-one. Now, this is just like a five-minute... It's in three parts, and it's them sat on a like a soundstage or whatever, just uh, having a conversation. It's pretty interesting, I thought... Because I really did want to see about the real woman. Yeah, they talk about when they met and stuff. And Yeah. Um, and then there's also... Uh, this one's in more parts. It's in quite a few parts. But it's the screenwriter and the director, John Lee Hancock, and the author of the book, Michael Lewis. And it's the same thing, mm-hmm. a one-on-one. But they're good. I like them they talking go, about Yeah, they're... and, you know, while that might... You know, it's not as long as if, if you got a feature commentary... But it's that kind of thing. Yeah, and they're pretty... I mean, you know, we've watched a lot of that kind of stuff. And sometimes people really crank on their, um... I don't know. They're like a little discussion hat. And they have a different way about them when they're sitting there discussing their movie. Yeah, these, these just seem to be yeah, chilling out. To me, they were just like talking pretty genuinely about the stories of it and how they got it made. And I liked it. And then we've got acting coaches behind the blind side, <laughs> which is uh, six legendary college football coaches come together, competition steps. Yeah, so, not acting coaches like you're coaching me to act. We're talking about coaches. The real coaches. Who are trying to act. Trying, being the <laughs> operative word. It's kind of funny, especially it that is. guy who just goes on and on and on. The old guy, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Um, so if you like those guys and know who any of them are, because to me, you, you could have been anybody. But we knew, I knew instantly. I when did. we saw the first coach guy, just like, when they just that don't... is a real football Yeah, man. you can tell. Um, and then there is the story of Big Quinton, which is basically like, it's the the guy, you know, the guy who the plays... Actor. The actor. It's a, him going around his old neighborhood. Because um, his life sort of parallels... The movie, which the is The guy plays, and, yeah. and his interviews with his family. And... It's pretty... I, I was kind of touched, really, touched by that me one. Too. It was pretty good. And real. It felt, you know... It, it was like... And it showed you the process he went through to, like... He lost a lot of weight. 100 pounds. Yeah. And he got into, like... Not just lost weight. Actually got into athlete kind of... Well... Condition. Big linebacker. Yeah, big... Whatever he... Yeah, whatever he is. The blind side guy. 
<laughs> the guy who watches The Blind Side. We don't know anything. We, we're, we're super at sports. Um, and there are some there are additional uh, deleted scenes which um, are are available on the DVD. Hmm. So if you get the DVD, you just get the deleted scenes. Um, the no, there was a really was good deleted scene with the. It was called the lunch um, ticket. ticket, and it showed you a, a sad scene where he's in school and he doesn't have money to get his lunch and he's got a drink of water basically. And yep. the husband of Sandra Bullock comes up and says, what, what, "What did you eat?" And he just says, "I had a few things," even yeah. though he, he had nothing. And, and he points out, I mean, the, there's kind of a lesson in that little scene. He says, you know, um, when you're a kid and there's not enough food, you'd be surprised how much you're thinking about it. And yeah. that is very true. Yeah. Imagine little kids who don't get fed well at home and stuff. And then you're and, really you know, thinking about it. how they expected to learn when they're hungry and stuff, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in school. You know, to take... People should think more about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are deleted scenes which are good. And, and then with the teacher, the same one we watched, the tail yeah. end of that was her... Realizing that on a written paper, he's not answering the questions. But if she asks him things, he's actually absorbed all the and, stuff. And how they incorporate that scene's deleted because she does the test with him. But in the movie itself, she just kind of says, "Oh, I." She Announces explains to like, the teachers. Yeah. yeah. Now it's a shame because she's really good, and one of her scenes got deleted, and it was a pretty substantial. It scene. was, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, this is a three disc. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> would this be three discs, or would it be two? Oh no, it's two discs. Uh, one is a. It's interesting now because instead of doing three, one is a DVD version of the movie plus the digital copy on the same disc, which is more makes more sense. Mm. Um, and then there's the Blu-ray version. So can I put that digital copy on my Zune? No, asshole. You can put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it also expires on March the twenty-first, two thousand and eleven. Well, that was your little rant before we started. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you do get the DVD version and the Blu-ray version, which I always... I think that's great, because mm-hmm. that's that's how it should be. And that's definitely a movie that people would watch, I think, multiple times. You would say, like, oh, you've got to watch this movie with me. Oh, my mom's going to watch this I actually movie. feel it's a... If my mom comes to visit, I think that would be It's very family-friendly. Even as a... Se- I was just looking on the front cover. Right in the bottom uh, thing, it's got this little seal. And it's the seal of parents' television council approval. That's why it doesn't have uh, the nasty language and the grit. Right, and it's a PG-13. And uh, there's one scene involving brief violence, drug, Mm -hmm. and sexual reference. Oh, yeah. It's all in one scene. scene. Yeah, all in one scene. (laughs) And very contained. So if you were one of those hyper-ignorant religious people who wanted to show this to people, but you felt that scene, you could just chop that out of there. Yeah, <laughs> like probably. an idiot. So, in conclusion, you know um, they do that, right? Religious groups edit movies. Yeah, I know. There's a cut. and show them to their parishioners. Yeah, they, yes, they do. Oh yeah. my god, that's insane! In fact, there was a video, rec- not a video recorder, a DVD player released. This isn't a joke. <laughs> that will censor your DVDs, right? It's this DVD player that this council have put out. It's a family-friendly DVD player. You can get a DVD and it and it updates through the internet with this um, database, yeah. right? And so all the new releases are updated into it. When you put in a DVD, right, the player has got technology in it that what they've deemed that you shouldn't see is removed from the DVD by it'll skip parts, like from this minute to that minute. Yeah, it'll say like wow. between one between an hour and eleven and an hour and thirteen is not suitable, so it just won't play that part. And you can buy that that DVD player. And it's based on what they think you you 
as a Christian or a, you know, don't want your kids to see or whatever. So, and apparently, I think, I wonder if you can like put the Exorcist in and say, I want the kids' version of the Exorcist. <laughs> and what does it, what does it show you? Just go from opening credits to closing <laughs> yeah. credits. Yeah. Be- <laughs> It'd be fun <laughs> to play with. <laughs> Let me see Irreversible, the kids' <laughs> oh version. My God. You know? <laughs> Let's try it. You wouldn't even be able to see the, any of that one. That would just be like a blank screen. So yeah, this is a movie that's suitable for the family. I think it's a good time movie. I think it's got lessons to tell you. I think it's very Hollywoodish. That's my only complaint. But that's just how movies... It doesn't feed you the message the way, like we said, Precious does. No. Um, it's a similar message. Not about helping someone, but about overcoming... It's a very similar message, yeah, it is. Overcoming just... Anything, really. But mm. in their situations, a really horrendous childhood and bad things happening to you out of your control. And then as you grow up, you make a conscious decision. Almost the same as uh, where the wild things are. Even though his life wasn't atrocious, he came to a point in his life he was deciding, as a kid, am I going to be a monster, like a little jerk person? Or am I going to learn lessons and get over my... Mm-hmm hurt and my pain and move on so so I highly recommend it if not just for the performances alone I'm mm-hmm. you know a true story is as true as it I'm sure it's not yeah, 100% it's well made yeah really solid, well made solid. and the Blu-ray is definitely a good looking Blu-ray um, not, not a movie I was expecting to look good I wouldn't necessarily say I would buy it to put on my shelf it's definitely something if you've got your Netflix or your Blockbuster online or anything like that and you can just and you're sitting down on a Saturday night that's a good one. That's a good one it to is. click just on. Just to see those performances, for a couple I think. Bucks, yeah. I mean, it is Oscar. It's, even though there's no sticker on the box because it, <laughs> it's an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah. Um, so, thank you to Warner for letting us review that one. Next week's uh, movie review will be. It's sat right in front of us. Um, Sherlock Holmes, the new Guy Ritchie version Can of we Sherlock. Can watch it right Holmes. now? No, we cannot. You have to wait Aww, till next week. You bully. So it's a uh, Guy Ritchie's new Sherlock Holmes with. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Um, I'm looking forward to it because Guy Ritchie's a hero of mine. You know, I like both of them, but they're really obnoxious. So I don't know. I don't know how I can justify liking them, except that I've loved performances of theirs in the past. Yeah, but as I, people, I find them really obnoxious, like uh, pretentious, actorly people. As far as Sherlock Holmes, yeah. I've seen the trailer. It looks to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because it's tongue-in-cheek Sherlock Holmes. It's not a serious Sherlock Holmes which I like because do you know what when Sherlock Holmes used to be on television when I was a kid because it was an ITV series of Sherlock Holmes I used to find it really boring because it was real it was serious yeah real serious and very kind of it puts me in mind of a modern um, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen exactly it's got that kind of vibe that's what it's which I love yeah by the way I'll tell you now, my recommendation next week is going to be League of Extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next week's uh, movie, Sherlock Holmes on Blu-ray. Um, movie recommendations for this week. I put down one football movie and one real-life story that I absolutely love. My football movie is Any Given Sunday, the Oliver Stone football movie. And my um, movie for a real-life thing, and this is one of my favorite movies, if not a real-life movie... And that's Catch Me If You Can, the Ooh. Steven Spielberg, um, the one about the, you yeah. know, I like a good heist movie and it reminds me of a heist movie even though there's not a heist. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. It's it's about a master forger, right? A master master of disguise, master forger, master... Con man, con kind man. of, but... 
and it's Leonardo DiCaprio, and I, the performance is amazing. Tom Hanks, who I'm not always fond of, I think he's really good in it. It's just it's one of those movies that took me by surprise because we went to see it on the cinema at Christmas, and uh, we didn't know what it was. Nope. It was just the one that was on. We were like Steven Spielberg. Steven made a Spielberg. Movie? <laughs> oh, we got to see it. If it's we didn't Steven even Spielberg. know. We had no. no clue. It was like, what? and that was the same with the Terminal as well, which yep. we didn't know what it was really and went to see it and was quite amazed by it but yeah catch me if you can if you've not seen it yet or if you have seen it watch it again watch it again I'll watch it again and my recommendations are my football one you know I've got to be lazy and say Friday Night Lights and not just because it's a football movie but in this in Blindside you get the story of a dude and you know there's there's the feeling of this is moving him into an adulthood of success and moving on to bigger and better things. Friday Night Lights, without ruining it, is more about a slice in time of a group of kids who maybe that's the highlight of their life is that high school yeah. football. And who know, And then it is based on a group of real people as well. And maybe it's not about always about hey, if I do this now, later I'm going to be successful. But that moment in time was like a shining time for them. And I, th- I really liked it. It was well made as well. Um, and my other two... Friday Night Lights was directed by that guy who I really like from The Last Seduction with Linda Florentino, the guy. Florentino? Uh, yeah, he also directed Hancock. I, don't, I, I always forget his name, but he did. I know Hancock's a pile of shit, but he directed <laughs> <laughs> um, And my other ones are, and this is because... So don't 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 get don't get ahead of me on this one because you can probably read them and think what the hell. It's about you know a couple of young men who have a thing and it's sort of like um, I don't know. Well, it's Caddyshack and Meatballs. Now they're crazy, they're wacky, they're over the top, funny in my mind. Like maybe it's my generation and because I saw them when I was young. You know, but I've never have... seen Caddyshack all the way through. It's one of them that's what I've never seen it all the way through. What? It's been on TV. Are you insane? And I've caught parts of it and I never kind of got it because I, w- I never did it at the time. Like, Oh, you've got to just watch. Oh, my God. I mean, there's I'm loads recommending of movie- this to you. There's loads of movies like that that because okay. I wasn't didn't on experience the them at the time, they're not that interesting. Our Netflix queue is going to have Caddyshack on it because it's actually really Because I'd never seen The Breakfast Club. Ted Knight remember. is brilliant. I mean, absolutely, hysterically funny. It's both of these, Meatballs and Caddyshack, of a young man I've seen who, meatballs. you know, they might not have great... I mean, we're not talking gritty, like, broken down lives or anything, but they've got a, an opportunity to do something that builds their confidence and makes them feel good about life and whatnot. One plays golf and one's a runner. and You know, I mean, they're goofy and silly, but if you have seen them, you know what I'm saying. They're a fent- is a Put them in together, watch them in one night. You'll have a great, great time. They're really awesome. And they probably are on the Netflix instant queue, to be Oh, they got to be. A lot gotta of those be. old movies yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's our recommendations for this week. Um, games and A-Scully stuff. Uh, what have we been playing this week? We played... Oh, you can actually speak a little bit about this one. Uh, I actually started, but didn't finish yet, God of War 3. And you experienced, I'd say, the first 45 minutes with, with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your opinions on God of War 3? I was totally in it. It was like I was watching a movie, and I loved it. It's got the, um... It's... The first bit is just like... Yeah, I mean, everybody says that, so, I mean... It's yeah, but like they're a, not joking, are they? No, it's, it's really... It's like the end boss of a big, massive game, but it's right in the beginning, and it's captivating. I mean, I'm watching, so I'm paying attention to the background and the 
the look of it all, and you guys were doing the the fighting and stuff. But my favorite thing, obviously, was Gaia because she was yeah. The, fucking the awesome. game starts with Gaia, who, if you know about Greek mythology, it's a uh, she's the titan, titan of. She's Earth. like a, she's she's like a mother type. nature kind Earth of a creature, yeah, so but she's, she's just a big giant, like a colossus made out of earth and, and rivers and mountains and, and stuff. And she's the, the way they make, she just looks awesome. And then when you're battling the thing that's like shitting itself through her body and which she's is trying to Poseidon, yeah, is Poseidon. Uh, trying to kill her basically. And you're trying to keep Poseidon off her because. You're using her as an elevator to the uh, gods, yeah. basically. Aren't you? She's climbing the mountain, and you're Mount Olympus, and it's, it's giant. Huge. I mean, yeah, it's giant. And then sometimes the camera zooms right out, and you're playing as Kratos, who's just a guy, and you can barely see him. He's like about yeah. a pinprick when you're on, on the screen. Like her shoulder, you're like the side, and her shoulder's like this big plateau, like of the top of a mountain. And you are, it's just that way. It's like you're on the top of a mountain, but it's actually just... So I thought that was really awesome. And the details of everything. I mean, I know it's a new gen game. It looks so that. much different to God of really War 2. We just played God of War 2, <laughs> which is a PlayStation 2 game. And when you put God of War 3 in, I think it's more mind-blowing in because of that. Because we've just been yeah. playing as Kratos, and then all of a sudden, Kratos is like super detailed. Like it... Like he, when you put him close to the camera on the second one, is the armor on his arm and everything? And he's got really blood detailed. on him, and you, yeah, everything's yeah. real detailed. Yeah, it's. Um, I not. mean, I found it really captivating, but then again, I lose interest after a little while. So oh, just because it carries on good, too, yeah, like because, I could hear it. Trust me, I could hear the whole thing. But yeah, and it carries on good, and we're not near the end yet. You know, we've got probably four more hours to go, and he'll be here more in the next couple of days because he has no school. Yeah, so, so you guys we'll, can really we'll play finish it. it tomorrow. You can hammer it. Well, probably only got four hours left. All well, right. we've played six. It's probably about nine, apparently. Mm. No, ten it is. So, yeah, that's God of War two, uh, three. I recommend it. It's um, it depends on what kind of games you like. If you like action like games, it. it's an action game. Yeah, you, it would be hard for you. It's um, got a lot of moves. Yeah, let me tell you. Like, it's, I mean, if it's purely button mashing, I can do that. But you have to know. Yeah. What does the matter? You know, there's quite a lot of moves. In fact, we we were saying, wow, they've really amped this one up. There's like, not only does he have one, he has chains in the other games, which he swashes down like and kills people with. Well, now he's got like chains and these hooks, and he's got like these metal mittens that he puts on, like Titans. How do you feel? Um, Austin does. Do you think that he's your? You're kind of grooming him in a way. Like, he plays... You hand off back and forth, back and forth. Do you feel like he's grasping now the really hard kind of gaming stuff? Because I'll hear you say, Oh, I can't do this. You you try it. And then he does it, and you're like, Oh, that was really awesome. So, I mean, he's 13. Do you feel like he's grasping now? Yeah, he now? knows how to play games. He's played them all his Yeah, life. but, I mean, yeah. But don't I see a big difference in the last year, maybe? Particularly, like his confidence, he doesn't get frustrated so much. He, no, he used to, didn't he? He yeah. talks to it, just like our you know, our niece is twenty four, and I mean, she will sit there and bitch and moan. Yeah. I mean, I love her dearly, but she's, I don't think I've she's so, a we've told him that that's not the attitude to have when exactly. you're playing a game. Like, because if you sit there going, oh, uh, stupid uh, programmers, stupid, stupid developers, yeah. stupid, artists, you're not having any fun, are you? Exactly. So, I, my attitude when I play a game is this part will be hard. This part's pretty hard. Like, I'm trying it over and over again. Okay, like, maybe maybe we can't do this. We'll come back to it later. I never get the feeling of, like, oh, I'm going to throw the thing through the screen, which and I he hear still has occasionally the comments, but I mean, he's 13, so he's going to have smart-ass comments about, like, why would, you know, what he questions things. Questions, like, the <laughs> most ridiculous things. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, but I think that's normal. But I feel like this kind of game, 
playing with you side by side. You're not like babying him through it. In fact, I hear him. He does stuff that's really hard and then you do something, you know. So I think that's uh, minus the uh, sex scenes, of course, which always make me feel like, oh, is this a good way to teach a youngster about sex? Watching a dude grab some half-naked chick and then the camera moves to a vase on a table. The part this time, (laughs) the sex scene. And there's a lot of this. Ugh. Uh, the sex scene in uh, God of War 3 is kind uh, of funny because he has it off with Aphrodite and it's really um, it's kind of interesting because Aphrodite's husband who's the the big guy who works the forge in oh, hell yeah. well that's Aphrodite's husband who got banished to um, hell to work on this making um, never ending never ending statues um, well the portal to her chamber is right next to where he sits in hell Oh. And you can see through it. And Kratos goes through there, does the wife on the bed a couple of times. Well, a couple of times. Guided a couple of times to get through. Yeah, no. And then comes back through and talks to him as though nothing ever happened. Like he probably could have seen through the because the portal's kind of see through, you know. Right, right. And this is this is our, um, this is her chamber with a bed, and she's got two lesbian lovers. So he's going back in time. Yeah, okay. but you can kind of see through the thing and see her in there, and it's <laughs> like his punishment. He's been sent there and then there's this portal where he can see her he can see her screwing all kinds Whatever, of dudes. yeah yeah which is what she does right Classic. she's the god of goddess of love is that love aphrodite penises poking in vaginas is that love yeah <laughs> the, the way it's done this time this sex scene though you don't see the sex scene he um he gets on the bed and then the you know like the camera always pans and looks at something else well this time it looks at two her handmaidens who decide that it's oh Kratos is oh look at him oh and then they start you know lesbian on each other feeling each other up basically as it doesn't make you lesbian just because you're rub- rubbing up a girl but and then you are a girl but well she's not just rubbing her up I'm just what I'm saying is if this is molding a young man's mind and that's all I'm thinking is do we need to explain to him different things like sometimes women love women and men love men and sometimes I think, you know men what? screw other men's no. wives when they're looking through a time portal how do you explain sex in the midst of that weird um, situation he's watched Torchwood which is a BBC yeah, Doctor Who spin-off which actually there is homosexuality and mm-hmm. well there's and lesbians in that show and I think he gets it, right? Yeah, totally. What I'm saying is you don't need to explain those. I, I mean, he gets Yeah, that's his... a more realistic thing where you have real life... Well, not aliens and shit like that. But no. I mean, you have real life people. But I mean, there's one episode of Torchwood where it's an alien who has sex with people. Do you remember the woman? That's the very first one. Yeah. That's what, what yeah. I'm saying is there are episodes... He's seen those episodes. So. so I guess that's another... That's not a good way. How did I learn it, though? Seriously. I learned from watching... Just porkies and shit like that. So maybe that's nobody why. ever said that's to why me I'm so like good this is what you, nobody said to me. Me either. I mean, I saw like, dirty ever. magazines and shit. I don't, I don't know. I figured it out. Like, it was, how do any of us? Nobody. Well, some people get the people sit them down and say, "This is what you do." Sex ed in school. I'll say to him stuff like, you know, you do know it's okay. I mean, if you ever like, I said to him one day when I woke him up, and I'm like, if you ever have a, you know. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, you don't really want to say that. <laughs> I'm like, if ever, and I never finish saying, and I'm not embarrassed by anything, and yet I just think, like, I don't know how to just say, if your penis is hard when you wake up and you don't want me to come in, that's fine. But it just embarrasses the shit out of you. Every, <laughs> your penis is hard every day when you wake up. Is right? it? Well, yeah, even now I'm 41-year-old. My, it always is, like. It's awesome. Just, 
That's just how you... Um, you do know that I'm, I'm available at any time. Well, what I'm saying is that's how you wake up, right? So he knows that that's how... He knows it. And he, and he, but I want him to feel well, like I mean, it's he knows weird. enough to be embarrassed about it, so he knows that it's... Uh, yeah, but he shouldn't be not embarrassed. Not embarrassed about it, but, like, I don't, don't really want to discuss it, it with an aunt. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's weird, isn't it, about sexuality? It's just sex. So, anyway, uh, off topic, that's God of War 3 and your sexual education for this week. Um, <laughs> Penis in vagina does not equal love. That's your lesson for the day. Yeah. Uh, and the other game I've been playing this week is Red Steel 2, which I played a little bit of last week, which is a Wii game with sword fighting. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. kind of looks like Borderlands. A it's bit. Like, like a cel-shaded sword fighting game. It's it was like, one of those that kind of gave me a headache. It's actually pretty good. The controls are really good. It's exactly what I wanted out of Wii controls, if you get what I'm saying. Yes. Like, um... What they've done with this game is they've used the Wii Motion Plus, which is that little add-on that you stick on the bottom of your Wiimote. You talked about this last week already. Now, what they've done, though, is not only does that that thing um, allow you to sword fight, you know when you have a cursor on the screen and you have to point at the sensor bar? No. Well, there's a sensor bar on top of the TV, which you know, that you point the Wii remote at. Well... On normal games, that is how it knows where your cursor is. It looks at the thing on the top of the screen and where your arm is, and that's how it senses. Well, they removed the sensor bar and added all the tracking to the Motion Plus. So now, in some games, when you're trying to turn, you have to point to the edges of the screen. Now, if you point wrong and you're pointing too far across, then you start spinning. Well, in this one the motion plus takes over so it actually looks at where you are in physical space instead Mm. of looking at the bar so it it actually fixes those controls completely sounds kind of spacey yeah because there's a a accelerometer in that bottom thing that you've got plugged onto your remote and it knows where that is in in space relative space stuff out yeah so it knows it knows how you know how tilted it is so it actually controls that cursor now it makes the cursor really smooth it has none of that judderiness oh yeah yeah because it's you know not missing it Uh, it's really it's a good uh, implementation of it I want uh, a lightsaber game Mm. an official Star Wars lightsaber game using this technology yeah I mean come on why haven't they made it already I mean LucasArts there's a sword fighting game that works really well if you get a, a, one of those, you're going to have to go do it on the big screen. You know you're going to have to, because that would be awesome. Lightsaber, I mean, just the Wii, to me, the Motion Plus, it's a lightsaber game waiting. I mean, why not? Why <laughs> hasn't course, it happened? It's three course. years down the line and we still haven't had one. Um, if there is a one this Christmas, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> or I'll eat my Darth Vader helmet. <laughs> so, um, been playing that one. Been playing a little bit of Just Cause 2. Uh, all I can say about Just Cause 2 is it's like the Grand Theft Auto formula. Open world, really cool looking graphics. The voice acting is like, not only embarrassing. <laughs> it's if like, you start with embarrassing, you can't get... It's not only embarrassing voice acting, it's slightly offensive. Oh, dear. With Stere- like accents Stereotypical and accents. Oh, and, dear. Yeah. Um, so the voice acting, I can't say is good at all. The gameplay... <clears throat> is slightly janky also. Like, Grand Theft Auto feels just right to me, whereas this... this uh, they've tried to do a bit too many things. You know, I'm only about an hour into it, but I wasn't feeling it yet. Mm. I mean, maybe it gets better in, you know, tenth hour in, but... 
so far not not mega into it um i did play game room on wednesday which i mentioned last week where you can play all the old arcade games in xbox live it's really fun it was slightly broken when i played it because the servers were being weird so what when did you play i played and it's a game i i well i did game rooms free but you have to buy the games right so I had some points in my account and I bought one game. No, I bought two games. Centipede? I bought two games. I bought Centipede. <gasps> I'll play that. Yes, you can play that. Um, and I bought... I forget its name, right? <laughs> it's this obscure racing game from the 80s. It's one of them overhead view where you can see your car going up a road, right? I played it in the arcade like crazy. I forget even the name of the game. It's like Road Rage or Road something... Race, Rage, it's got a funny name. It's very obscure. As soon as I saw it, I was like, holy crap, that's the game I used to play. There was a little cafe around the corner from where I lived, and it had arcade machines in, so we would hang around in the cafe just to play the machines. And it was a game that probably not many people ever played. It was just sat in this cafe. I played it a lot. Wow. And they happened to have it, and it was a dollar, so I got it. And um, what you can do is you can play it. You can play Centipede. Get a high score and then issue a challenge to all your friends on your list. Now, they don't have to have bought the game. They can come to your arcade and play your machine. Only if you challenge them? Yeah. Or, they can, or you can pick anybody on your friends list and visit their arcade. So what I did was... Um, Only if they have gold? Yeah. So I bought a couple of um, games and put them in my arcade. You actually get to decorate... You buy the cabinets. So Austin could come play your game. Yeah. Awesome. And you, you place them in your um, arcade and you place... There's all like different props and stuff. You can put a couch in the corner. You decorate <laughs> it like a Sims thing, you know. And then you see all the avatars on your list come and populate the arcade. So you're playing on one and, you know, you nice. can see the people. Um, and the machines are there. And what you can do is you can set a high score, send a challenge out, and then they can come and play. And, and then if they beat you, it, the top of the arcade machine changes to red and it has their name. And nice. you've got to try and put your name back up there and stuff. So it, it's cool. Now, there's 30 games available. And the two that I bought are probably the best. Most of them are Atari, Atari 2600 games that are just... You know how bad those yeah. are. I mean, they were bad at the time, so... Why I would pay That's for where I now. learned to play Centipede. So imagine. Yeah, and it's the. the but I love. Centipede. I bought the arcade Centipede, which is the proper one. You know the one. That, but yeah, the there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of bad games in there at the moment. Now I'm not sure why they chose this. They chose to launch with 30 games. I'm not sure why they chose the ones that are there because probably cheap and yeah. Imagine a lot of those they could have bought up for a few thousand bucks from somebody. I'm not sure why. I mean, Pac-Man needs to be there, in my opinion. Of course. A Ms. Pac-Man. And, you know, I'm Donkey sure that... Kong? Yeah, they say there's going to be 2,000 games by the end of the year in there. So they must be going to be releasing 30 every week or something. So, And how it works is you download all of them. It's like a pack. It, like, every week when you load up Game Room, it'll say, here's this week's pack, and it'll download it. Now, it doesn't mean you get all them games. It means you get the option to buy all those games. Right. So... Like, if Pac-Man was in there next week, I would buy Pac-Man and put it in my arcade, you know. So then eventually you build up an arcade with only the games that you like. And you can invite your friends to your arcade and there's achievements and it acts like a full game in that respect. So Very nice. I um, like I mean, it. I still think it's just a big cash cow, but if you enjoy it, and if I can play Centipede... I actually, no, I, I actually do not mind paying a little bit of money for 
old games that I like. Now, I wouldn't buy like some of these Atari 2600 games. There's no way I'd spend $3 on them because no. they're ass. I would play them for five minutes and then I'm done. I forgot to mention, you can play all of these games... Free the first time. Free the first time and you get ten minutes. Hmm. So you can... if After ten minutes you think, I'm never going to play this again, well then don't buy it, right? You can also, if you've played it the first time and you come back and you're like, oh, I've already played that one, but I wouldn't mind having another go, you can pay just one quarter and play it. Right, Like right. you can in an arcade. But to buy them, it's $3. Now, some games are worth $3. Pac-Man, it's infinitely playable, in my opinion. And so is this road racing one. And there are lots of others I can think of. Spy Hunter being one that I'd really like. But... You know, I don't mind paying a little bit of money for a game that I like. I mean, nobody's forcing me to buy it. I've, I've heard True. people. I've heard people this week saying, "Oh, three dollars for an old game? You can just get that on Mame and get it for free." Well, you're not supporting anybody in that, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, if you like Pac-Man, those people still exist. They still need money, right? From True. Their property, like so, you either steal it or you give a few dollars and they get some money, right? Is this your anti-piracy speech? Start. An anti-piracy speech as such, because I've downloaded lots of games in my time. You know, like arcade ROMs and all kinds of stuff. Everybody has. But... Mm, not everybody. Not the righteous no. wombat from Cheap-Ass Gamer. Ugh. But, <laughs> what I say is, like, if there's something you love, like Centipede, I paid $3 for a copy of Centipede, right? It's a copy of Centipede. That's mine now. I have to look at it. I'm going to see what it looks it's like. It's identical to the... Is it 4 by 3 or is it... It's arcade size, like uh, long. Four by three. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, oh, you know. so it's not going to be very big on their TV, is it? Um, it's it's pretty decent. I was playing it. It was pretty. Um, you can stretch it also. You can do what you want with it. But you. Can, I mean, uh, I'd play it on TV, on the TV. You probably wouldn't because there's no network connection. Oh, on that that's one. right. But um, it's it works good. It's uh, I think it'll be a big success. I just think they need to put more games yeah. into it. Um, and the other thing, this. Coming up this week is a big deal this week. On Tuesday, there's not actually any games coming out this week that I'm interested in. But on Tuesday, Modern Warfare 2, the stimulus package, which is the map pack, which contains five maps for Modern Warfare 2, which is a game that I've been playing since November every single day. So five maps, $15. I've heard all week, $15, what a ripoff. I don't necessarily think of it as a rip-off. Not for you, because you are, it's I played like a game. beloved to you. And it's you and your friend's nightly ritual. I mean, we play it every night for a couple of hours. You get your money's worth. Yeah, I've paid, all I've paid so far is $60 for the game, right? And you get two hours, three hours a night, five nights a week almost. Yeah, I, do. We, I play it every night. We just don't. We just play it every night. I mean, we play from 9 till 11.30 generally and, you know, enjoy every night. a good night. time. Yeah, so this is five new maps, which is always good because, like, you get fed up with the same thing, and here's some brand new ones, so it injects some life into it, and it's $15. It's out on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning. And then, so then you've got like three days to get used to the maps. Then at weekend, which would be Easter weekend, next weekend, um, there's a double XP weekend double where, where you get like double experience for everything you do in the game, so you could play all weekend. Basically. I'm having the eye spasm again. Nice. So be just beware if my eyes do something funny. It's because I. <laughs> uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention this week is uh, I got the Netflix disc for the Wii. Um, I want to say that Netflix is awesome. Like, it's better than I could ever possibly. Since we got rid of cable TV, and now primarily we have Netflix 
all mm-hmm. movies. You have that, Netflix. I have. I watched my Bewitched so far that you get. Right, yeah, and we get discs from um, Netflix, and there's the instant streaming, yeah. which to me is fantastic. It's and now they've added it to the Wii. Now I thought to myself, it's probably not going to be that good on the Wii because a you don't have a it's not it's wireless it's Wi-Fi yes. and b it's the Wii. Yeah, <laughs> and, think- and b it's not high def, right? The Wii. But most of these movies on the streaming are just DVD quality anyway, and mm-hmm. the Wii can handle that just fine. So I loaded it up. I had to do the thing where it comes up with a number and you have to go and add it on the page. Right. Instantly, there's my queue. I chose a couple of movies. I watched a movie last night on it. Absolutely perfect. Wireless. It actually starts quicker than the PS3 version. Really? It, it's way better than the PC the PC version is horrible in my opinion whoever coded that PC there's a media center PC version of Netflix it's horrible the picture quality is not good it tears the video tears which I don't know what the hell that is can you not just go on the website and watch stuff straight from there you can it's still not that good it, do, it doesn't look as good what does it open when it plays them uh, Silverlight player which hmm. is this odd Microsoft player um, but on the Wii it looks really good. On the PS3, it looks really good. But the Wii interface with the pointer is a lot faster than the PS3. Awesome. Like On the PS3, when you flick between... Like, you're looking at your list, and it, you go through the covers, like the DVD covers, don't you? On yeah. the PS3, when you flick to the next one, it has to load it. And then you flick to the next one, it has to load it. On the Wii, you can just scroll them across, like, really quick, and they're all there already. Nice. Which I didn't expect. I expected... Because the Wii was wireless, I expected it always to be having to... See... People can knock that little box all they want, well, but the Wii is a good thing. What I think is the it's actually added a lot of value to the Wii. If Nintendo should stick a sticker on the box saying Netflix is on the Wii now when you buy one, because yeah, imagine if that's the only thing you bought that for. You got you signed up like us for the nine dollar a month which Netflix is account. Crazy that you get all that for that. Yeah, because I could sit here tonight and watch five movies, and tomorrow watch, watch five movies, movies like in a row. all day every day. You like can just tomorrow, while you guys are playing your game, I'll probably sit here and watch some stuff because yeah. you've told me a lot and uh, I might watch Caddyshack who knows but see that's the good thing about it but how it works on the Wii you fire the Wii up you click it point at the screen you click the movie you want and it almost immediately I'm talking like within like five seconds your movie starts and I've watched these three movies here what I'm going to mention start to finish with no pausing or anything nice and they never never quit never stuttered nothing they just work perfectly the first movie I watched was Julie and Julia and now what I want to say about Julie and Julia and you weren't didn't think you'd be that into it right Mm -mm. I can say I wasn't that into it and I will say why I will say why I love I would love to have Julia Child's books I love her show and I I loved her too I love the um uh, but I'm not interested in her story or her life story. And then the flood of trendy fucking people constantly talking about it. Oh, Julie and Julia. Oh, I'm a foodie. Oh, I'm a foodie. Oh, I want to get the book. Oh, I want to blog about I want to blog about some cookbook, too. It's just like, come on, people. Now, so that turned me off. Julie and Julia is literally two movies. Julie movie and the Julia movie, right? They don't cross... Like fried green tomatoes? Did you ever see that one? Yeah. It's literally two movies. Like It's like two movies stitched together. Um, but cr- crossover, you know what I mean. It's not like here's one and here's the other. It's like here's a bit of this one, here's a bit of that one, here's a bit of this one, here's a bit of that one. Julia Child's story, you pretty much already know it. 
even if you didn't really know it. If What's you know the what worst thing about it, though? I'll tell you. You said after about five minutes. Of Meryl watching... Streep's impression of Julia Ch- Julia Charles. I know Julia Charles is pretty annoying anyway. If you listen to her for a long time, I disagree. But whatever. The Bon Appetit and all that crap. Bon might get a, might get on your nerve, but Julia. I just feel like she's. I mean, yes, yeah, she's acting, trying to, but it's real impressiony, and it's really annoying. Um, Amy Adams' part of the story I really enjoyed because I think Amy Adams is really good. I do too. I like um, her. And her part of the story was really good. I like the guy who played her husband. It's not Mark Ruffalo, but it's a guy who looks exactly like him. I don't know who he is. Um, and I didn't know the story of this woman on the blog. And that was more interesting to me because it actually showed you her cooking. Barely shows Julia Charles doing her cooking. It's more like boardroom meetings about this book. How she got her book made. Yeah, so... And I've kept expecting something dramatic to happen, like a turn of events that was like bad or something, but it never really... No, it's just a fluffy thing. Never really comes to... And it's not really fluffy either. It's... it's I don't Uneventful. know. Uneventful, I would say. So no, wasn't particularly into it. Um, here's another movie I wasn't particularly into, uh, House Bunny. I don't know why I chose House Bunny. Somebody mentioned it and said it was pretty funny. It's a Happy Madsen movie, Adam Sandler's company. It stars Anna Faris... And she is a Playboy bunny who lives in the Playboy mansion. And Hef, on her 37th birthday, she has a big birthday party like they do, you know, in the big thing with the cake and all that. And then the next morning, there's a note from Hef telling her she has to move out. She's too old to be in the Playboy mansion anymore. You know, and she's like super hot, 37, you know, but that's too old. So then she has to go and find... A way in the world. Only sounds kn- interesting. Go find a way in the world, only knowing how to be a play-by bunny. Like she's, like she's based on like Holly from Fish Out of Water. Based on Holly from. Mm. Um, they're in it actually. The girls next door at the beginning and Hef's in it, but she finds a way to this college sorority house where all the girls are kind of dowdy and lesbians, fat and, and fat. Why would you lump lesbians in there? There are a couple of lesbians in there. But why is that negative? Like, well, I don't know. I'm just saying what was Dowdy, lesbian, and fat. Yeah, that's why we're in this house. So she, she goes there. The opposite of play. Do you have something then. called a house mother? Because mm-hmm. that's what she... The, sorority. They employ her as the house mother because nobody's interested in their sorority. And to make them popular, having a play-by-bunny type girl as the house mother might make boys and stuff interested. And that's basically all that happened. Even I mean, the lesbians. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in fact, one of the girls... Oh, one of the girls is a pregnant... Um, so she's not interested to anybody either. You know, a pregnant uh, student. And that's Catherine... See, this doesn't sound horrible. And that's Catherine McPhee from American Idol. She plays the pregnant one. Catherine McPhee. Remember her? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. McFeever. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's the house bunny. It's very Happy Madsen production. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But it's more Little Nicky than Fifty First Dates. Oh, but it sounds kind of fun. She's. I really like Anna Faris. She's fun, like. And I thought that that sounded like a fun premise. I mean, it could have some funny moments, like sure. a like a Playboy bunny woman who's been groomed to be this, and then she can't be anything else, and how yeah. she deals. And yes, there are some funny parts, but it fizzles out pretty quick, oh. you know? And then it's just pretty formulaic from then on. So, But, because it was on Netflix streaming, no loss. I didn't... Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, you can see it on Netflix, and it's 
the house bunny. It's pretty new. And the final one I saw, which was my favourite out of these three, because I've just dissed the other two, was Overnight. And uh, this is kind of topical because we reviewed the Boondock Saints 2 a couple of weeks ago. And the guy who directed that, Troy Duffy, it's his story of the time when the Boondock Saints, his first movie, got picked up by Miramax, um, the script. And it's very interesting. I think you should, if you're sitting here tomorrow, I think you should watch it because it's unbelievable what comes out of this guy's mouth on this documentary. And his brothers, they're like a bunch of Irish, American immigrant brothers um, who get this, some interest is paid in his script and then I believe in his mind he feels he's a friggin' genius he actually says at one point on the phone to somebody that I am the hottest shit in Hollywood right now does he mean it do you think or is he, he does he's very he's very delusion I mean like delusional delusions of grandeur and very focused like uh, as though he's some of the stuff he says you wouldn't believe. And the thing is, you I mean, Boondock Saints is awesome. I get it. it but is. there are people who I think get very lucky. But he is acting like... Like a he, one-hit wonder, for sure. Well, get this. He's acting like he's the hottest shit ever. Before that movie even exists. Only the script exists. Hmm. They've got no casting. They've got nothing. The film's not even been agreed to. he wrote to be it, made. and it's awesome, and people tell him it's awesome. Even people like Harvey Weinstein. And then it goes to his head. He even says something. So he's like a... Billy Connolly says something to him on the set, like, um, looks at him and says, you know, it's a, it's, it's a real thing. Like, you know, just the camera's looking at them, they're on the set. And Billy Connolly looks at him and says, this is a lot different to how it used to be, because we're on the set now. You know, I bet people are paying more respect to you and stuff now, right? And he turns to Billy Connolly and says, yeah, the amount of ass lickers is um, building okay. up minute by minute. Like, and he's, like, excited about that, that people are... Yeah. Not that he thinks that ass lickers are a pain. He wants those yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want people like coming up to me saying, you're the man, you know, make a make a movie for me. So the next time you see a movie with Troy Duffy's name on it, what are you going to think? Well, that was eye-opening. And you know what? The Troy Duffy that we saw when we watched Boondock Saints 2 and he was in the extras and stuff seemed like a different man. Like, a lot older, obviously. I mean, mm. he was fairly young. And he seemed very... Humbled? Yeah, he seemed humbled in this. When we saw him on that Comic-Con panel, to me, he seemed like he changed his vibe completely to this documentary. What's this documentary? Do you think the documentary, could it not have been maybe amped up just to make, like as a publicity thing, to make himself look like a dick? Or do you think it was too I don't think he'd want to look like this portrayed him. I don't think he'd want to look (laughs) that way. Because you would never work again, literally, in that industry. You have to see it. He really... It's fly on the wall. And it's not only to do with this movie. He also was in a band with his brothers. And it's to do with... At the time of Boondock Saints, him writing the script, he's also in this band with his brothers, who he thinks is the best band ever, who are going to be signed to this. And he's also got this record thing going right. on at the same time. And he's exactly the same with that. He's like, this This is the best band ever. Everybody's going to buy this music. Why wouldn't they? And then, then they put the CD out. And I think it said six months went by. And this was a CD that was actually released in record stores everywhere. It sold 506 copies. Which is like, what? Right. Nothing. <laughs> it's like nothing, is it? Like, it, if that's so you a want to put him in his place. Like, see there? Yeah. So be- it's pretty It's interesting. Anyway, that's called Overnight. Um, it's a thing, though, isn't it? Because 
When you love somebody, when you love something someone has done, you don't love them, you think you like them. You think you know them, you think you get them, like you with P.T. Anderson, like us with Kevin Smith. You get some of their, some of who they are revealed behind the art that they make. And if you start to dislike who they are, it kind of taints the front. That's why I've always said U2 is my favorite band. I don't want to know anything about them. I don't want to know who they're married to, where they go, where they live, how they live, what they eat, what their politics are. I don't want to see them in interviews. I don't want to see them in a documentary. I don't want to see any of that because the illusion might be shattered. Yeah, but I don't think this is... This did any damage to the Boondock Saints for me. No, but I'm just saying, like, but you know that about him now. Yeah. So everything else you see after will make I you also be, like, feel think like about it. just from seeing the extras of Boondock Saints too, that he learned and adjusted himself appropriately because he seemed very put in his place. He actually seemed like he had un- understood what mm. how this works. Plus, they put, he was really into the fans. Maybe he didn't realize until later that it's really those people who. Yeah. Make you or break you. So, yeah, that's everything from me this week. Mine is, what's for dinner? I'm making lasagna, which, because I've had it the last two nights, I got, like, the Morningstar frozen lasagna with the... Which are pretty good. They're vegetarian lasagna. Absolutely. I mean, it's not vegan or anything. It's got the meat crumbles in it. It's got real cheese in it. But I'm telling you, it's so... I put it in there for five minutes, leave it, and do it another minute, and then it's just perfect. Delicious. So I want it again tonight. I'm going to make homemade... Um, and use some Morningstar stuff in it as well, but cheese and sauce and whatnot. And I also want to talk about, because as we've been talking, I keep, you're talking about your games, I keep checking on my game, and what is my game that I'm playing behind the outline? Sims 3. Because I have, I'm in that mode where now every single minute that I'm awake, I come in here and turn it on, get it cranked up, and let it do his thing do you know, and like I check in on it every once in a while and then I get upset I come home from work in the morning and I'm so tired but I'm like I need to play this for an hour because I really need to go and find the seed I need to plant this steak and grow a steak and then take it to the restaurant and then I need to plant a burger patty God knows why they have you plant a burger patty in the ground and grow a plant that grows burger patties and then you take the burger patties to the restaurant and then you get the omni plant that you get the thing you know I'm seems to, a lot more involved than the previous it things. is it is and I changed you know it's me and you like I made us as a couple and I changed your profession because you reached the pinnacle of your rock stardom and now you are a journalist where you interview people and you can write internet articles and internet reviews and stuff like that so that's pretty awesome (laughs) should be podcaster but it's like one of those games where like right now it's running in the background and I just check in every once in a while and see what I can what's going on and are you going to buy the expansion packs for the sims 3 I will I think I will. There's some one available already, right? There's a traveling one, I think. Yeah, World avail- Adventure. It must be uh, available because the Sims Wiki. That one is available. Already but, has all. Well, the that new stuff one that's coming where you can do the jobs. Oh yeah. That one's coming soon too. I think that one would be more interesting. And if any, just from that brief thing that I said, if anybody thinks that The Sims isn't like gaming, well, when you tell me that you're going to pick up a sword that's going to cut off the head of some guy so you can get this much health and you can level up to whatever, it sounds exactly the same. I mean. No, The, the Sims is gaming. The right? insanity sounds the same. That when you get into a game that you're going out killing titans and gods and whatnot, it's not any different than the things that I focus on. It's planting just a burger in the ground. Yeah, it's all crazy. It's like what fantasy I, fun, you know? What I'm surprised it. about is that The Sims 3, which has been out... Has it been out a year now? Probably, right? Seems like it. Because it's EA. 
that it is not an Xbox 360 slash PS3 game by now. I'm surprised that they've missed that boat. Um, I wouldn't put it on there. Because I've told you all along, I understand The Sims people because I am one. And that would not work. I would not sit at a, at a with an Xbox controller and fiddle around. There's too much interaction. Hmm. I mean, you are actually interacting. Well, there have been console versions in yeah, the past. Yeah, and they suck. And they right. don't, they're not successful. And that's why. Because you are interacting with every single thing. And yes, I use some cheats. Because I don't give a shit what anybody says. I don't, I don't want to deal with having to pee and eat and stuff constantly. Like, right now I'm letting it run You didn't have to as much in this one, though. They toned it down, didn't they? No, you did. But you can get um, lifetime... Um, um, points that make you happy, and then with those points, you can buy things like a steel bladder right. and a, a stomach that doesn't need to be fed. And you are um, uh, like dirt repellent, which means you don't have to take a shower as often, stuff like that. So, <laughs> and of course, I'm growing this garden, and it keeps expanding. Like the whole back of my yard is a garden. And it's pretty fun. It and is, and fun. it looks a lot better than it used to. I mean, it if does. you went back to The Sims One, no, I think you would find it hard. No, I would love it. Would you? Oh, I would sit there and build shit. You all can't day even long. zoom in and out. Doesn't can matter. You? Yeah, you can zoom in. Oh, you could. Levels. Dun, dun, right. dun. This is, of course, like. But that's my gaming thing. I'm also really excited. Thinking this week, I'm going to go out and get a big pot to plant tomatoes and herbs on our deck, so we can have some homegrown tomatoes. We also need to paint our deck soon. Mm-hmm. When when, when the... it, we know it's warm. Yeah, when we know yeah. it's not going to rain every day. Like and it when it's been. had a good few days of sun to dry it out, because if we seal it up. I think before it's totally dry from the winter, it wouldn't be very good. But I agree with you, yes. And uh, my last thing is, you know, I think I've learned something about myself. <clears throat> you know how some people are into, like, S&M? You know, they like to be, like, in pain or give someone pain for their own sexual pleasure. Now, this you is like that? No, I do not. Oh. I'm I just saying, you though. You saying you'd learned about that. You wanted me to get a gimp mask and a, a whip. And a whip? Yeah. No, no. Um, Shame, I But, you know, go. every time... You might be surprised by this, but at work sometimes I I get in trouble. Not really in trouble, but I do things, I say things, I refuse to do things, or I do things in ways that my manager doesn't uh, approve of or appreciate. And he's a very mild, meek-mannered man. I work night shift, he's there all day, so we don't have a lot of interactions. But occasionally I'll get an email that's very pointed about something I've been doing and refusing to change, and then he'll say... The bottom line is, in all caps, do this or that, you know? And I'm like, okay, whatever. And that kind of is stimulating to me. I don't try to get in trouble. I do things my own way, and then shit falls where it may. And then I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. If I am, if I got the balls to do my own thing, then I've got the balls to... So you like to, to challenge authority? Um, not on purpose. So if a policeman but pulls if you I over, disagree, you like to give him some shit. No, because I'll know I've been... If I wasn't doing anything wrong, yeah. hell yeah. But at work, if I have a better idea, I know my place. I know that I don't know how to run the government for the state. I know how to do my job. And I know how to make my job better. And sometimes I do my own thing and then just deal with the consequences later. And I've learned... Sometimes I used to get real nervous about it and think, Oh, God, I don't want to face this conversation. I don't want to read that next email. And now I kind of like go... Ah, I lived through the last one. Let's see what's this one going to bring. Oh, oh God, he's really pissed. How do I um, explain myself logically, reasonably, back up my argument however I can, or throw my hands up and say, you're right, I didn't do it, and I didn't do it because of this or that, or I forgot, or I did whatever. 
And then, of course, sometimes I like to challenge myself to see how how I can, how far does my charm go? Because, you know, I'm quite charming. <laughs> Don't you agree? Not bad. <laughs> and that's it. I like to get in trouble a little bit. Oh, okay, then. So, like, Dennis the Menace kind of thing. <laughs> oh, and the last thing was kind of a sad note, but I want to point out that one of my favorite scenes of a movie, of all movies of all time, is with Dennis Quaid, Christopher Walken, and True Romance. That'd be Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, you're right. Quaid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, and that's why I was saying Dennis this. Dennis Hopper. When he's face-to-face with Christopher Walken, the gangster guy, and, you know, he's trying to get out of him where the sun has gone and blah, blah, blah. It's actually one of, I think... You mean the, the eggplant scene, would we call it? The ver- Yeah, don't tell him what it is. But, I mean, it's one of the best scenes, I swear to you. And I can watch it over and over, and I am compelled by both of them. And I know how it ends, but I never want it to end that way. And Dennis Hopper is not well. He's, um, In fact, I think the way they talk, he might not have much longer with us on this earth. So, if you get a chance, watch True Romance and enjoy that. I've never seen the ones you talked about. Easy Rider. I've never seen that. So, probably I should. But to me, Dennis Hopper is that guy, that father Waterworld. of Clarence. Waterworld. Yeah. Hey, Waterworld's not horrible. Wasn't he a voice in uh, Bug's Life? I believe so. No. The guy's name was just Christopher Walk. No. Just Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but wasn't Dennis Hopper a voice in there, too? Maybe. Don't know. I don't know why I think... No, he, Dennis no. Leary. He was the ladybug. But I'm just saying... That's uh, a sad note, and in my... I don't know what kind of person he is, but I know that in my movie-watching enjoyment of my life, that has been a standout scene. That's a a standout movie, actually. It is, and that particular scene, it's just... It's it's, um, claustrophobic and scary and funny and tense, and I just think it, it pays homage to him, I think, overall. So, Dennis Hopper, I good my best wishes to you. He's dying of prostate cancer, which isn't pleasant. And um, he did go to his ceremony. We got a star on the Walk of Fame this last week. So, you know, well, that's something. So, um, yeah, Dennis Hopper. Um, yeah, he's made a lot of cool movies. Ones that you probably, if you went and looked at his list, mm. that you went, oh, really? He was in that one. He's yeah. in a lot of movies. Um, all right. So thank you for listening to the show. That was after the show number 115. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter. I think it's called Twittering Us Up, isn't it? You reckon? Yeah, we're, you know, ascully and sidtalk on there. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, Flickr, Just do a search for ascully or sidtalk on your favorite Etsy. search engine you will find. Yeah, Etsy. I haven't um, sold anything on there for a while. You can catch us on any website on the internet. Every website we're involved in. We're there somehow. Yeah, and uh, you can also catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, and the RSS feed. Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to the podcast on the page, or you can subscribe in your RSS reader and put it on your Google and listen there. I'll do some. You can Google it up. You can Google it, man. You can eBay it up. You can. Bing eBay, it. Are you on eBay too? You can bing what it. What are you selling? What are you selling? You can, <laughs> you can bing it. You can Alta Vista it. You can. Is, is that, that still, still around? I don't know. <laughs> Yahoo! Can that's Yahoo still it? around. You can go to GeoCities and make a homepage. GeoCities don't exist. Oh, you that's where we started. Somebody, there's a. 
talking about Gia... When we met, we had the shittiest little sights, and that still made us fall in love with Well, talking about the uh, Geocities. Just talk right over me. Um, (laughs) Well, I'll I'll forget what I'm saying. Talking about Geocities, they closed. You know, Uh, uh, it's gone. But somebody, some archiver, archived all the pages before they went down, and they're going to put them back up on the web. But ours weren't there still. No. Our 404 page will still be there. We'll be back. Well, I mean... They, Heartland uh I don't think I was think on was, Heartland. I think it was on I was different on Heartland. One. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you can do all that. You can Geocities us up. You can email us at Ace You cannot Geocities us up. <laughs> you can email... Well, you can when, he, when they put the archive back. You can uh, email us at Ace at com. You can email Sid Talk. No, you can't. Email Sid Talk at Sid Talk at Geocities.com. <laughs> and I want to say... Uh, I really enjoyed the blind side. I did. I actually did. So, so stay classy and stay classy, Dennis Hopper. Oh yeah, really yeah. And but I did I'm, enjoy the blind side. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, women. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let them do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>